This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that tallies the gains and losses of everyday history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're talking about something truly scary, sweeping financial insolvency, or in layman's terms, everyone going broke. The day was October 29th, 1929. In an event known as Black Tuesday, the United States stock market crashed, wiping out the savings of thousands of investors and erasing a hundred billion dollars from the nation's economy. The losses sustained in just that one day would take over a decade to recover. The stock market crash of 1929 came at the end of a decade of unparalleled growth. Speculation ran wild in the Roaring Twenties, causing share prices to rise higher than ever. The boom hit its peak in August of 29, when the Dow Jones Industrial Average spiked six-fold from 63 points to 381 over the course of just a few weeks. When the market hit this dizzying high, an economist named Irving Fisher was bold enough to declare, quote, stock prices have reached what looks like a permanently high plateau. Fisher was incorrect. By the time of his claim, most stocks were being valued far beyond their actual value. The country's production had fallen sharply due to all sorts of factors, including a struggling agricultural sector, low wages, an excess of bank loans, and a rise in unemployment. This decline in the nation's productivity dragged the worth of most stocks down with it. Prices began to slump in late September and early October. By October 18th, they were falling fast. And on October 24th, Black Thursday, a record number of shares were unloaded, nearly 13 million. Banks and investment companies tried to stop the bleeding by buying up huge bundles of stock on Friday, but to no avail. On October 28th, Black Monday, are you sensing a pattern? The market plunged into freefall. The Dow dropped nearly 13%. The following day, Black Tuesday, it fell another 12%, with many stock prices bottoming out altogether. At the time, Black Monday was the largest stock market crash in history, but it's Black Tuesday that's remembered as the day the market crashed completely. This kicked off a chain of events that ultimately sank the U.S. and the rest of the industrialized world straight into the Great Depression. In the aftermath of Black Tuesday, prices continued to drop as people rushed to unload their stock as quickly as possible. By mid-November, the Dow had fallen to nearly half its peak value. That decline would continue through the summer of 1932, when the Dow closed at 89% below its peak value. That was the lowest the Dow would go in the entire 20th century, and it wouldn't return to its pre-crash peak until 1954, over three decades later. To be clear, 
The crash of 1929 wasn't solely responsible for the 10-year economic slump that followed, but it did speed up that decline. By 1933, almost half the banks in the United States had failed, and nearly 15 million people, almost a third of the country's workforce, were unemployed. The average family suffered immensely during the Great Depression, especially African Americans and those who lived in the Dust Bowl of the Southern Plains, where severe drought and harsh winds made life unbearable. President Roosevelt's New Deal offered some relief to those most affected, but it wasn't until the early 1940s that wartime production finally put an end to the country's decade-long depression. Because we're telling scary stories this week, you may have expected to hear about the surge in window jumpings that supposedly occurred in the wake of the stock market crash. For decades, rumors have claimed that dozens or even hundreds of investors leapt to their deaths after losing it all on Wall Street. Thankfully, these reports are greatly exaggerated. The myth likely got its start on the day after Black Thursday, when New York Times columnist Will Rogers made a dark joke in the day's paper. He said, quote, When Wall Street took that tailspin, you had to stand in line to get a window to jump out of, and speculators were selling spaces for bodies in the East River. Rogers' column was read by about 40 million people on average, and it seems that many of them took him at his word. But he wasn't the only one who spread the rumor through comedy. Eddie Cantor, a vaudeville comedian who lost money in the crash himself, joked afterward that when he asked for a hotel room on the 19th floor in New York, the clerk asked him, what for, sleeping or jumping? These bad taste jokes convinced the public there had been a mass wave of suicides after the crash, and that myth has persisted in some corners to this very day. But that doesn't mean the event wasn't deadly. In reality, there were two documented cases of people jumping off buildings in the financial district following the crash in 1929, one of whom had lost money in the market. And in the final months of that year, American newspapers did report multiple cases of bankrupt investors taking their lives though by other means. There's also the sad fact that the beginning of the Great Depression did correspond to an increase in suicides. This dark truth at the heart of the building-jumping myth shows what a frightening time this was in America and in the world. A time that, if we're lucky, won't be seen again. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you're so inclined, you can keep up with the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any suggestions or general feedback to share, you can send it to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another spooky day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.